This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. I'm Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Kayla Benny in Ocala, Florida at the actual Horse Radio Network headquarters. And you are listening to the monthly breeding and horse sales episode of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for... Uh-oh. June the 24th. <laughs> <laughs> We're so prepared. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Selkuth Sport Horses. Good morning, Horse World. Hey, you made it to the fourth Thursday of the month on Horses in the Morning. That means it's time to talk sales and breeding. <gasps> uh, uh, of horses, that is. Well, welcome, everybody. As you know, the fourth Thursday of every month is the sales and breeding episode. And Kayla is the first one that has been sitting in my studio in person since last March, since this whole pandemic started. I feel very honored to be here. I can't think of anybody better. And Weldon's even here, my cute little fluffy dog. Her her cute little fluffy dog, who has the most unusual hairdo. (laughs) What kind of dog is he, first of all? Uh, he's an Aiken Ditch dog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a certified it's a breed. breed. Uh, actually, a Carolina Ditch dog is a breed, um, but it's it's essentially a mutt. And we think he's American Eskimo and Golden Retriever. So he's got big pointy ears and a curly, fluffy tail. He's kind of a long coat. But every summer we give him a mohawk so to tie in the fluffy ears to the tail, but give him a little relief because it's so hot and... Um, you can definitely notice a difference when he's been clipped or not because he'll lay around like a couch potato. You take off his hair, give him a mullet, non-mullet, a mohawk. Uh, <laughs> some people call it a mullet. I call it a mohawk. Uh, and he runs around like a little psycho. So it's perfect. All right. What are we talking about about horses tonight? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So we are going to talk a little horse shopping. Like, I am literally horse shopping. So we're going to oh. we're gonna discuss some woes about that because I've entered... <laughs> The real world of horse shopping, instead of buying horses for myself, I'm buying horses for other people. And um, so we're going to hear about that journey to find the perfect adult amateur unicorn, whatever that means. And uh, then we're going to talk baby horses with Klaus Schengber, who is part of High Point Hanoverians, and he does oh. a little bit of his own thing. Um, he's been breeding and doing sales with foals etc for many 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 years we won't say how many but he's gonna kill me for even saying that but um he's a good friend and we actually purchased a couple foals from him the auditors have asked so we are delivering good very good and i know that uh they had a question or two right that we're gonna... uh, uh, or three or four <laughs> so <laughs> of questions that i can't answer about foals so we had to bring in an expert so good very good. So uh, you're horse shopping, and not for yourself, but for others? Yes. So I am horse shopping, actually, currently for my business partner, who has the most perfect horse. And I can say that because he was my former upper-level event horse. I sold him to a young rider who then actually gifted him back to me when he needed to retire. Um, and that was eight years ago. 
and he's been going ever since at very low level, and now he f- needs to fully retire, and so I am looking for another unicorn, which is very hard. <laughs> How's the market right now? It's got to be tough. It's extremely high. Um, to find a suitable adult amateur horse for what for I am jumpers? looking for. For I mean... She wants to do some jumpers. She's not highly competitive. She doesn't need anything super duper fancy, but we want something of a decent quality. And everything that she keeps bringing to me is thirty, forty thousand dollars for an older horse that has had injuries. And I'm like, I can't even sell my young ones for for that price. And they they're only going up from here, not down and these ones are going down and it's mind-boggling but now i've decided that buying horses is extremely difficult (laughs) and i don't like it anymore (laughs) (laughs) but no it's cool um we have a we have a little horse on trial and um so how do you search for horses every which way every which way um I tried word of mouth was kind of running dry. So I put it in search of ad out on Facebook, which is the most scary thing. <laughs> I can't believe you do. even did uh, that. <laughs> and well, she asked, she said, like, can we put it an ISO out? And I was like, Oh, I don't want to do this. And, and I was right. There were some horses that were sent to us that I was like, I mean, they're good horses for someone, but not exactly you know, because you put your little criteria, it needs to be mm-hmm. between this age to this age, this height to this height. Um, for us, Mary. You know, in really bad ads, those come out and they always say at the end, and for $300. Yeah, yeah. I should go look. <laughs> I should go look. Because these ones are definitely, they're a little questionable when you're like, oh, I need it this. And they're like, oh. So are we at the point where everybody just thinks, oh, the horses are really expensive right now and I can just sell, you know, a My for yeah right twenty thousand yeah. dollars. Um, I think so. <laughs> we're at that point. I think we're at that point. The market's extremely high. Um, even the horses that I would have thought would go for ten thousand dollars are going for fifteen. So it's it's definitely slightly just like the farms. Yeah, yeah. Everything around here and like right now we're in Florida. So, um, but you would think in the summertime that Florida's prices would go down again. And but everyone's showing over at the World Equestrian Center, so the showing's not stopping. So, and they're running shows indoors. The yes and no. So okay. the two jumper rings that I jump in are outside, but they're also running. All the hunters are running inside in three rings. Yeah, you can't put the hunters outside in ninety degree heat no. though. They'll, no, they'll die. They'll die. They'll melt. Um, but... send, your, send your emails to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. <laughs> Though I was pretty excited because one of the jumper rings is indoor. And I thought I was going to jump in it until I went inside. And because they have the warm up and the the ring inside, it gets really small really quickly. Yeah, they, they, what they do, the, they are big indoors. Um, but they put the, the, even dressage shows, they put the dressage show at one end and then yeah. you, you warm up in the other. Yeah. So they're doing the same with the jumpers. Yeah. And so then you can't really jump that high because it gets really crowded really mm-hmm. quickly. So yeah, your they, runway isn't very big. Exactly. Yeah. So the the bigger classes are jumping in the hotel ring, and then that's and for everybody who doesn't know, just go look at all the pictures of the World Equestrian Center, and, and that's the big beautiful ring right in front of the hotel. That's yes. that's beautiful. Yeah, where you can see the white <laughs> picturesque hotel. Right I went. We went to the hotel the other day, 
and went inside. It's a five-star hotel. It's, it's it looks gorgeous. I it's pretty. Inside. It's pretty. It's weird though, because you know the restaurants two hundred dollars a person. You know it's expensive, and you see all these people in there super dressed up, and then you see the riders going through all covered in dirt. <laughs> it's just a dichotomy in the hotel. It's really <laughs> weird. <laughs> Well, and I heard they have some really interesting artwork. Yeah, it's all dogs. I just don't get it. <laughs> Hi, welcome to this horse venue. Yes. Dogs. <laughs> where the where the the restaurant's named Stirrups. I mean, you know, yeah. and it's all dogs. Well, <laughs> <laughs> There's an occasional horse picture. That's so funny. No, but the, I mean, it's nice. I actually had to wear a sweatshirt in the indoor the other day because it was quite chilly going from 90 degree weather with humidity to an air conditioned because uh, it is air-conditioned in there. And yeah, and everyone is going, oh, poor you, you had to put on a sweater. <laughs> but I swear to you, now having been here in the winter and coming back for the summer, Florida makes you soft. You're cold <laughs> all the time at a normal temperature because it it's just I'm weak and I'm okay with it. <laughs> and I'm here for it. And we're in that time of year when you walk outside in the morning at 630 and it takes your breath away. It is so humid and the air is so heavy. It's just... We open the garage to go out to get to the barn to feed and it feels like we're swimming. Yeah. I'm like, oh. It's heavy. Yeah. It just feels heavy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's um, Though when it starts to rain, then it all cools off and it's lovely. Well, you know, it's interesting because when they built the World Equestrian Center, I know we're off topic here, but when they built it, we are talking about horses. So when they built the World Equestrian Center, one of the things was you're never going to be able to get people to come here in Florida in the summer. You're just not going to be able to do it. Judging by the number of horse trailers that were over there when we were over there, they got people coming here in the summer. Oh, yeah. There was about... There's 60 in my 110 class for my young horse. Wow. Yeah. So they're all chasing money. He's got pretty good prize money. Well, not for the 110. No? There's no money. It's just an open school. So why are they here and not up north? I think it's the venue. I mean, the venue's beautiful. We went to a couple others uh, in between, and our standards you know it's still a nice <laughs> yeah, venue well, and we're like you're not gonna trash. match this one <laughs> yeah this is trash you know and it's not it's a nice venue but you just like but i think a lot of people are basing down here a lot more like year round and so it's easy to keep their horses here and do the young horses well if you don't have to travel to kentucky or try on or you know yeah. you, then it's nice right exactly. saves you a lot of money too yeah especially now and and the people from georgia and, and surrounding states now have something closer that they can go to instead of all the way and it's there. not all english they're bringing western shows in there and, yep. all and, stuff. and you said dog shows and uh it's they're building five enormous, and you've seen them being built. The expo centers are huge. Well, and they're behind Jumper One. And the other day, there were dump trucks just bam, <laughs> bam. My horse is noise sensitive. His ears are twitching, and he's like, in the there was one big boom when we were going over an oxer, and its ears flew backwards. I was like, please keep your legs. He's like, oh, you know, and he like lands and like kind of bolts off. Well, he'll be like, he'll be desensitized now. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. They're still moving a lot of dirt and a lot of things putting up a lot of stuff if they could and the, i hope somebody from the world equestrian center is listening to specifically the sales and breeding show which is every fourth thursday of the <laughs> month um we need trailer parking over on the other side yeah, of the yeah i think they're probably gonna fix that <laughs> i hope so because walking from one end to parking the other, period is a bit of an issue i don't think they minutes. counted on that many cars being in the lots yeah. but yeah so, 
Yeah. It's okay. It's still gorgeous. I think they'll fix it. And and the food is much better than most venues, too. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and you have so many to choose from. Right. There's a lot of so, restaurants there. Yeah. Well, cool. All right. I guess we should get back on topic and yes. talk about Sorry. buying and selling and breeding and all the things. And um, let's get to our first guest, I guess. We have Klaus Schengber, um of High Point Hanoverians and himself to answer all the baby horse questions. Welcome, Klaus. Hello. How is everybody? <laughs> We're doing great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Sure, sounds like fun. And uh, <laughs> we, we're going to stump you. I, I have a feeling. No, I think you. I think you okay. know a lot about baby horses where I don't. So if I, if I don't, I make. I'm going to make it up. No. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, Klaus, let's start with. Tell us your history, because it's a little bit long in the breeding business and working with young horses. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I grew up in Germany at the PSI auction, Uli Kattermann and uh, Bianca Kattermann. And um, I did, so I, I rode a lot of young horses there, uh, started a lot, a lot of young horses, and um, and they also bred. So um I got a breeding experience in Germany already. And then I came over here. I was imported by the Rockefellers to be their breeding manager. So I basically handled the stallions and, um, and foaling at that point. Hi. So uh, and in between, I worked with thoroughbreds, did the same thing. And, but in between, I always rode young horses, young horse classes, and, uh, and started young horses for people. So that's pretty much it. Okay, Klaus, let me get this right. You come over to America and you start working for the Rockefellers? Yes. You, I, uh, you just I, started at the I, top I, over here. Uh. Well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, they used to be clients of my ex-boss, and I uh, drove them around in Germany looking for young horses. So I always had them uh, ever since I was what, 18. Oh, really? I started doing that. And then uh, when I came over here at uh, 21... They hired me as the breeding manager in New York. And that's how you met Angela? Because I know you through High Point. But... No, I met, actually, I met Angela because I worked for the granddaughter of E.F. Hutton. That was another uh, interesting name. <laughs> and uh, so I sold her a few horses and I kept in touch with her, just, you know. Uh, just more inquiring, you know, who she bred the mares to that I sold her and, and how everything is going. So basically, that's how I met her. And I then, feel like Klaus is name dropping on us today here. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's what I do. <laughs> you know, if you only know baby horses, you know, you got a name drop. <laughs> I feel like you know more than baby horses. <laughs> yeah, baby. Well, anyway, so... Um, yeah, at some point, uh, I worked in Connecticut for a vet doing the same thing. And uh, Angela called me up and asked if I could uh, go to Germany with her to get a stallion for her. So, and uh, that's what we did. And uh, I got, so we got Davenport at the time. Mm -hmm. And then um, um, we thought it was a good idea for me to move my family from Connecticut to Maryland, and uh, no regrets. It's been a great ride so far. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you've definitely made a name for yourself just out in the in the young horse world. You know, I've only known you for uh, now ten years almost. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a bit, but. Yeah. You had already been, you know, heavily working, handling at Devon, um, oh, yeah. and and places like that, and and starting young horses, and it's always cool to see the young horses come through your program. And then most recently, we actually purchased a foal from you, um, little cliche, the little viral mm-hmm. filly, and yes. and now you have even a more of a best friend in that foal that you cuddle all the time and post pictures on Facebook with you like cuddling in the middle of a field with this foal. So you really do uh, speak to these baby horses, don't you? Well, they do speak to me. It's like foal therapy, you know, <laughs> folding around. That's what I call it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good for the mind. Yes. I said, I recommend it for anybody to just lay in the field with the folds and, you know, reconnect with, you know, what it's all about. With That's kind of what it feels like. So it's, it's really cool that I get to do that. That's so awesome. And so I have a couple questions from some auditors, and auditors are super listeners of the podcast. And they mm-hmm. have this super secret little Facebook group, and I type out a little message every now and then of questions, and I get a ton of foaling questions. And I don't breed baby horses, so I don't know how to answer them. So I'm going to bring you on because you are an expert. You've name-dropped all these people, so now we're going to test you. (laughs) Yeah. So um, for people that maybe have a maiden mare and they are looking to breed, what are things, this is a specific question, what are things to watch for and ways to help make sure that the mare will be good with people coming in to do all the full checks and procedures on the baby? Um, anything that might help it be as smooth as possible? Is there? Well, a- it, well it's tricky. You know, it all depends on the mare. Yep. They all, you know, they all get to be a little standard office, uh, while pregnant, Um well, some are, some don't. I mean, it all depends on the mare, like I said. Some mares may not want, want to be touched the days before uh, the baby is born, but it all kind of turns around after the baby is born because they know you, and then, you know, they kind of see you as somebody who can maybe help, I guess. I don't know. But uh, most maiden mares are troopers, I have to say, and there's very few maiden mares that don't tolerate people in the store. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And like, is that something you can sometimes tell just by how they act before, like, you know, just in general, like say when you were riding them before you bred them, um, how they interact with you in a stall or is it, does that just take all that information and throw it out the door? Because as soon as they become mamas, they're a different character. No, they will remember. But mm-hmm. it, it, it things change, of course. Their priorities have changed. They have no, you know, they need to take care of the baby. And some get really protective of the baby, even if they were connected with you in the beginning. Uh, there might be a few days where they, you know, you don't count, <laughs> where <laughs> they really just are on the baby, on baby duty. Yep. And where they are, you know, it, 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 it passes. They're all going to be great in the end. But uh, some mares, most are great. But some mares uh, might be a little standard office after, uh, at least with their people friends. So, <laughs> so you know, it, yes, it doesn't always 
it doesn't always, uh, just because you had a great connection with the mayor, a lot of times it helps, uh, maybe 90%. 90% of the time is probably a great thing, but in some cases, it's, there's definitely going to be a little shift after. Mm-hmm. It, all, it all returns back to normal. It may be for a few days, maybe a week, but uh, generally they all come around and and uh, know that you're their buddy. So. And trust <laughs> you to take help take care of the baby. Yes. Now, at, at some point, they're all looking for a nanny. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're allowed back in. <laughs> That's perfect. And so now, have you... I mean, you've sold a lot of foals uh, in your life, I'm sure, or helped facilitate sales. But I get a lot of questions about, like, buying a foal in utero and what the price point is versus when the horse, like, when it's an actual, like, born foal. Um, What what has been your experience selling in utero? Well, we don't sell. I, I don't like to sell in utero. I really, I mean, people do it and they usually or generally sell for a little bit less because there's a little bit of seemingly a little bit more of a risk involved because you don't know how the birth is going to go. But then the problem with in utero sales is the contract. It gets really complicated because, you know, everybody wants a life for guarantee. And then when it's fall alive, when it's born alive, after it nurses, and when do you give money back? Do you apply the money that you spent on another foal? It gets really messy. Mm-hmm. And um, so I generally, I don't do it. Uh, people may uh, ask us to buy a certain foal, uh, but I always make sure the baby is born, that people can look at it and make sure they actually want that particular foal. Yep. You know, in theory, you know, we know what who we bred to whom and what should come out. It just, if it doesn't, quite work out the way they the buyer anticipated so i think it's always uh, wise to just have the foal be born and let let the uh, client come a week later look at the foal and like it or, or hate it you know yeah. <laughs> can you in yeah. your case can they put a first right of refusal on it do you do that ever um we yes okay Yes, but we don't. There's no money exchange because it, again, it gets messy. Mm. You know, then you have to give it back. We may put a time limit on it. They can say, um, you know, if they pick a mayor and, and and they like they pick a pregnant mayor and they say we would like to buy this foal. And then at that point we say, okay, you may be the first person to look at the foal and purchase it, purchase it if you desire so to do so. Otherwise. Uh, it just it just gets too messy. You can't, you know, it's tough to yeah. uh, to to fully sell the foals before, and then people want to insure them before they're born in case anything happens. That it just gets really expensive, and it just, in my experience, it, it doesn't work. So, so you to turn the tables, you would never buy one that way yourself. No. Okay. I mean, I my I had there was there was one that I did buy just because the owner didn't know what to do with the mayor. I said I take the mayor, so I basically I bought it sight unseen. It worked out. It was great, but um, but I'm not that complicated. Most people are not as easy going as I am. So <laughs> I know my risk, and a lot of people will say, "Oh, we know the risk involved, and then we're going to be fine until it happens, and yeah. then it's like it gets ugly." Until so they see you, yeah. Then <laughs> that's right. I try to, yeah, I try to avoid all ugliness. So <laughs> I always suggest that just look at the foul, like it or, or don't like it, and then we go from there. So now, 
when you you sometimes have adult amateurs, and actually I think a lot of adult amateurs come at least to High Point, I know, because you guys sell lovely, easier um, horses that have yeah. great personalities. And I've got a question from someone that, you know, they are an adult amateur and they want they want to know the pros and cons between breeding or buying a young horse. They want to do a young horse. They have a trainer, um, but they board in New Hampshire, which is quite expensive. So they're trying to figure out if they should buy a young, you know, maybe a three-year-old versus buying a foal. Um, and what would be your recommendations on that? Because that's something that you guys kind of do both. You have young horses that you guys start versus yes. your foals. So, well, there are certain foals where we know the dam, we know the sire, and we know the temperament of the foal. It's very few foals where we can always almost guarantee the temperament. But um, I would probably, I mean, we do sell foals to adult amateurs. It has worked out, but we always knew there were certain foals that would be suitable for them and others would not be. Um, otherwise, I think it would be wise to wait until the horses are three. At least you know what you're getting. At mm -hmm. least you know the temperament. You know, if it doesn't work at all, if they don't, you know, you never know. You never know. But the, however, there have been polls that we have sold to adult amateurs and it has worked out beautifully, but mainly because we knew and they are good from day one. Right. So, well, and, and then it comes to the fact of like you need to have a very good trainer that yes. at least oversees what you're doing so that if things start, you know, going one way or the other, they can kind of put little training wheels back on you and make you, make you go straight. Right. And, uh, Absolutely. but, but also, you know, the one thing, cause we bought a foal from you and I, I said, I said before we went to look at an older horse and we walked out with a foal and I said, I don't buy foals. Want to know why? Cause you have to keep them alive for longer. And those little you boogers, do find themselves in trouble a lot <laughs> they do yes. and they still eat they still need yes. their feet trimmed and mm -hmm. sometimes and you and again you don't know what you're gonna get sometimes you pay you know you may pay a little bit more for a three-year-old but you also don't have to pay like you said for three years to feed them yeah. but you know for some people they buy a foal maybe for a little bit less and they, the cost is just spread over the years, which sometimes is more affordable than to actually buy that suitable three-year-old for more than they can spend at the time. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. That's also a very so, good point. And so, well, yeah. And I guess, um, let's see. What other questions do we have? We have so many. Um, well, here we're going to switch gears actually. So, you oh, We're going to cars. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go to cars now. <laughs> Tell <laughs> us your favorite your favorite make and model. No. Uh -uh. Oh, wait a minute. I do have a question for the for the ex-German trainer. Is it uh Ford, Chevy or Dodge trucks? Uh Chevy. Yeah, oh, really? Wow, we don't get that I answer a, too I often. I have a Ford, but it's yeah, I'm a Chevy guy. Okay. <laughs> I have a Ford, but you know <laughs> well, I'm sitting here with a GMC, so that's close to a Chevy, actually. No, that's yeah. right. GMC, yeah. is, you're in. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm the odd man out with the Dodges over here. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm dodging that question. Dodging that Dodge. question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
if you could breed any horse, any mare to any stallion, what would be your ideal uh, full? What what would you be your ideal makeup? You've seen a bunch of stallions. You've seen a bunch of mares in your life. Yes. Well, you know, right now I feel very spoiled with French scout. And yes, actually, you're... quarter more too. And we know it's just it because the temperament is just great. They have a great hind leg. They're elastic. They are athletic. And they are actually... Who knows if they're rideable? I don't know. The, the oldest are two. But the temperament is just incredible, and you don't have to compromise on uh, quality of gait, you know, just right. because, you know, sometimes, you know, you go for the temperament. But so far with them, uh, we had an amazing pole crop this year, and I can't believe we actually have some of the folks we do have. We couldn't afford to buy them ourselves. So we're kind of, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, and these are, myself lately. these are the stallions at High Point, right? So Friend Scout. Right. And who's this gorgeous uh, black stallion, like black beauty. Ribaldi. Yes. Ribaldi, oh, and Ribaldi. So, You've got. No, uh, we actually, we actually have bought a new one. Okay. Uh, well, hold on. Tell us about Ribaldi. So he's a Rosenthal. He's a, Ro- he's a Rosenthal Tortillas. Yeah. So Tortillas, of course, all dressage. Yep. And um, so now um, he is uh, definitely a hunter. Because the dam side, uh, so it's Rosenthal Tortillas and then Burkrab Ulft, which Burkrab Ulft is all jumpers. I mean, amazing jumpers. And yep. somehow it, it came out in his pedigree, in his, uh, uh, you know, what he can do. So he, theoretically, we bought, we bred a dressage horse and he's like a hunter, hunter. We can, I can't even run him fast enough. To See, and this, like is, this is why breeding so, is so crazy, because you can put together the best DNA and... You're like, you will jump. And it's like, I just want to dance and goes and does dressage, you know, and then vice versa. You're like, you will dance. And it's like, no, I'm just going to jump. Thank you. No, I'm not. I'm just going (laughs) to jump. And that's what this one did. But now we have our first pole crop and uh, come to find out. Yes, we had a couple of really incredible hunter movers that are really, I mean, hunter, hunters, really cool. And uh, some uh, babies out of bigger moving mares are actually a little bit more dressage. So. It's really cool. So if you breed a really big moving mare to him, you would actually get that. It's in the pedigree, you know, and somehow uh, so it, far this year it has worked out that way. It did, It does come out. And that's great. So now tell us about your new stallion. The new stallion, uh, we actually officially only, you know, today. Ooh, hot officially, off the presses. Yeah. We get the news. Hot off the press. That's right. <laughs> His name is Monterey. He is by a stallion named... Uh, Morricone, who's a really stunning, uh, really rideable, beautiful stallion. And the dam site is by Sir Donahal and then um, Diamond Hit. So there's a lot of movement in there. I was going to say, so ridability. big dressage. Yes. Um, so uh, he will ship on July 1st. Hot diggity dog. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So... But you didn't answer my question. I'm saying oh, you could have any stallion in oh, the yeah. world. I know we just plugged we just plugged you guys. There are, but... only, there are only three stallions in the whole world. They're all here. That's that's kind of he knows how to get his paycheck. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, you got you got your thing. You know? I got somebody's ear. No. Um, 
There's a reason he keeps getting hired. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, but the thing of it is, the Stallions are here because... Because you love them. This is how I can produce my dream foal. That's why these Stallions are here. So if I had to breed my dream foal, it would probably happen with one of our Stallions. <laughs> well, I got a question. Do you guys no, ever there is, go... No, there isn't a... well, do, do you ever go after the mayors? Do they always come to you? Or do you actually approach people? If there's a mayor out there, you're going, we really want to have the baby with that mayor. Do you ever approach them? Or is it always the other way? Uh, they, uh, they usually approach us. Okay. Because I never know who wants to breed them here. Right. You know, I right. mean, I know people that, and, and and I know that everybody is aware of the stallions we have, and if they don't want to breed to them for one reason or another, because we are competing against frozen semen from Europe, so that's always really popular in the be- beginning of the year, and when it doesn't work in the end, uh, then uh, they knock on our door and they say, "Get my mare pregnant," <laughs> and so then that's how we end up with really great mares. So. Um, so and that's kind of how it goes. So I get a question. So you're sending out you're sending out the semen and doing the thing. How? What percentage that you send out actually uh, result in a in a foal? So well, there's a lot of factors. Okay. We don't have control over obviously over the mass that we don't deal with here. Right. So sometimes some mares already have pre-existing problems that they may retain fluid in the uterus because they're old, or some mares, uh, if kept on regimate throughout their um, performance career, sometimes the breeding part can be a little tricky. Uh, they don't, you know, the inner parts don't really quite work as well as we always hope for them, because they, but usually these are mares that have done a, had a, a full uh, performance career already, so they are usually like in their teens, and, uh, so it gets tricky there too, when you know, because we don't know, we don't know uh, what the mayor has been through. So it's not always the semen, right? So, have uh, you had so problems with? Rate, have you had problems with shipping? Because shipping's been a problem for everybody this last year. Has ha, have you had an issue with shipping, or has that worked out? No, no. Okay. FedEx has been great. <laughs> okay. They they it has always gotten there, so uh, no problems this year. Good. That's amazing. But yeah. most mares... You're the only one. <laughs> We're the only ones. You know, we put on there, it's semen, get it there. Yeah. <laughs> they do. So, and the guys are like, I don't it touch this that one. for a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this year has been a great year. So the mares have settled, I think, every one of them so far. Maybe some we had to be bred twice. But at the end... Uh, pretty much they're, they're all pretty much pregnant so, so that brings up another question so when when the pandemic started you know last march everybody was thinking that nobody was you know the world was going to come to an end and nobody was buying anything and everything was going to be the exact opposite of what we pictured now did you actually yeah. see your business going up during during pandemic well we sold a bunch more folds that's for sure mm. so i know we didn't really know uh for some reason Knock on wood, we have not been uh, uh, affected, really. Yeah, no, I, well, everything's been the exact opposite, we all thought. Whoever thought that farm yeah. prices would be triple in Ocala what they were a year ago? You know, it's just craziness. Right. Yeah, you would think people are not out to buy a farm or buy a horse. You know, it's a luxury item and you just don't go out and buy it if you think you don't have any income. No, but the, everybody uh, but... in the world went out and bought campers and horses. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, I guess, yes. So, um and farms. Yeah. And farms. Yeah. Yes. 
So are you guys done with the breeding se- like with the falling out part of your season? I would assume at least close. No, we lost. We, we just had our last fall uh, um, six days ago. Wow. And um, so now we're done folding, and now we're getting some uh, mares that have been difficult um, for um, other things to get pregnant. And uh, so this year, uh, I had a client last year that, that said, my mare will not get pregnant, can't get pregnant. I said, ship her over here, I will get her pregnant. And that's what I said. Do I know that? No, but I can give it my best shot. So I actually, you know, with the semen, you get the semen from the stallion and you put extender in it. And some mares are sensitive to extender. So uh, I just put the semen in straight, no extender. And uh, so that mean I got pregnant. And then there was actually somebody recently in Chesapeake City. And she said, I've been trying for two years and it's not happening. I said, give me the mare. And uh, so we just uh, found out three days ago that that mare is pregnant too. So Klaus, the master breeder. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, I so you're the magician baby maker. No, it's, I yeah. mean, it's, it's, you know, you just have to keep it simple. He's just it's the master breeder. My dog, so. <laughs> We're going to put that in the title. <laughs> yeah. So Klaus, do you miss, do you miss Europe? Do, do you, do you see yourself ever going back or are you staying here forever? No, I'm staying here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I've been here for 35 years now and it's definitely my home. So, and it's, it was kind of disappointing to my mom when I first came over here in the mid eighties. Then, uh, so my first time I went home, I, I, walked into my mother's house and was just like, I got to call home. She was just like, excuse me. I said, oh, sorry. Well, anyway, so I always consider this my home. So yeah, this is, yeah. Okay. I'm huh. definitely at home here. So, so no, but I like to visit and I like to go to the staying and shows and uh, to some horse shows. So uh, yeah, it, 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 I would love to go. I have a lot of friends over there, but I would, I don't want to live there. So no, okay. Well, how can people find you if they want to connect with you? You know, have them get your mayor, pre- their mayor pregnant. Yeah, master breeder. <laughs> master well, breeder. They can always find us on Facebook or our website. Okay, and that's so, what is your website? It's uh, com. Perfect. Well, he was a hoot. Isn't he hilarious? <laughs> He's so much fun. He's so much fun. I work with him at the Young Horse Show stuff, doing the jump shoot and handling, and he got a great way with young horses. Well, he's the funniest German guy we've ever had on, oh, and yeah. usually they're real serious and, you know, yeah, real focused on their job, not, you know? Not him. I mean, he's focused. He's focused. But well, he's he, a master breeder. He is a master breeder. <laughs> you know that's going in the title, right, Kayla? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> You can't deny what it is. So. I'm glad he had a good sense of humor the yeah. way we were picking on him. I know. Well, and his wife's probably going to be like, oh, my God. But she just rolls with the punches. She's like, he's the goofy. Why did I picture him not having a wife? Oh, no. She, Jessica, is lovely, but like the quietest little. It's always that way, isn't it? Yeah. And she just lets him do his Like, thing. I picture your husband being really quiet. Oh, he's very quiet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Jennifer's much quieter. You know yes. why are the Gregarious ones always? Because that's the only way it lasts. It's the only way the marriage works. Yeah. <laughs> there's one that talks for both of them, yeah, that's and right. then they're just that's like, right. well, I don't even have to talk. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but she's um, she actually is an artist, and she does beautiful um, sketches of horses. So oh, wow. it'd be interesting to have her on at some point to, you know, she did, she met him on a horse farm, so we could get her on the horse, oh, horse husbands great. and wives yeah. uh, episode. So that'd be cool. But um, yeah, well, thank you for having me in it's the studio. It's been so much fun to have you this in the is, studio. I can look you in the eyeballs I know, right it's now. weird to see a co-host when I'm actually doing a show. That's weird. I know. And, I'm not used uh, to it anymore. And you can you can hear Weldon barking in yeah. the background. And I'm like, <laughs> Weldon just decides to go off every <laughs> once in a while. And it's a very happy sort of, yeah. what do you call it? Uh, oh, when he woos? We wooing, yeah. yeah. He woos. He He's came like, in the house and he was wooing all over the place. Huh. <laughs> it was, yeah, you know. But there he's, you. oh, we're, he knows we're talking about him. He's up. He's up. I'm, he's I'm like, ready. Let's mom. go. Let's go, mom. mom. I, this is not our house. No. He's like, I think we need to leave now. Uh, you've been talking into that red foamy thing for, for too long. You need to go. And uh, Scooter is always very happy to see Kayla because he, well, Scooter has this thing, and I say it all the time, but it's so true. He has this thing for pretty young girls. He really does. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing. Like, He's like, hey, lady. We have a neighbor, a new neighbor that's probably in her 20s, right, over there. Uh, right, that is literally on the scooter's paddock is butting their house. Yep. So Shannon comes over and talks to him. And when we were away, Shannon came over and gave him carrots every night. And oh. he loves Shannon. But her husband, no interest. Well, it's because he didn't walk over and give. No, he cares. came over, no interest at all. Oh. Shit, pretty girls. It's something about him. He's been that way since ever since we he's, got him. He tolerates man. me, and that that's all. He just tolerates me only because I give him carrots. But he's the wingman. I yeah. mean, when Weldon walks around with Brian at horse shows, Weldon is Brian's wingman. Yeah, and Brian doesn't want to talk to any of the other crazy horse girls, <laughs> but they're going to come up to him because of Weldon. Yeah, because of Weldon. Well, look at his haircut. Anybody'd come up. Oh my goodness, you don't even know. How the people oh my god his eyes his ears they're so big oh my look at his haircut <laughs> i can literally tell you the conversation before it happens which if you were trying to pick somebody up would be great it would be great but yeah. it's all women and i'm sorry i just yeah you know not it, interested yeah, but yeah. uh but for brian it's fantastic <laughs> If he'd, you know, two horse women, though, that's yeah, good. Well, tough. he said, he's like, if this doesn't work out, I'm not doing another horse, <laughs> I always said that, too. Much. I always too said much. that, too. <laughs> and you know we're both, we both end up with one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Gluttons <clears throat> for punishment, but. Look at my family. Four boys, right, in my family. I have three brothers. And two of us ended up, we had nothing to do with horses except we lived in Lancaster County and had to pass them all the time on the roads. Subliminal messaging. I don't know. You we want, two of us horses. ended up with c crazy horse girls. I don't know how that happened. We're everywhere. <laughs> and then one of my nephews married a crazy horse girl. Now that they're divorced now, by the oh, way, well, so that didn't work. No. It doesn't always. We're a little. Some of us are a little too crazy, but you know, here we are. Well, thank you, Kayla, for doing this. Uh, where can people find your website? So I'm at Selkuth Sport Horses, and I know Selkuth always sends people over the <laughs> We're going to change your damn name because I can never spell it. It's S-E-L-C-O-U-T-H sporthorses.com or I'm on Facebook under Selkuth Sport Horses or Kayla Benny, and that's B-E-N-N-E-Y. And um, yeah, you can also find all the Horse Radio Network shows and have them wherever you go with our free app for iPhone or Android. And you can go to the app store and just search Horse Radio Network. And remember, riding like life doesn't need to be perfect to be wonderful. Give your horse a pat after every ride. <laughs>